Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? I'm in San Francisco. You are not, but you will be next week. I definitely will. And hopefully we'll have another in-person session with a lot of background noise. Look forward to it, these listeners. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, how we have been killing, you know, like this week for seeing each other. Meanwhile, what? How we have been like just killing the time until we can see each other and record face to face. What did we watch this time? And uh, I've just been sitting at home watching movies, endless movies. <laughs> okay, I was asking more like from a perspective, just trying to connect into what have you watched. Sure. So this was my pick. Um, I picked the 2005 or 2006 film. I see both days all over. Okay. Uh, film by Neil Marshall called The Descent. Oh my God. Uh, why did you pick The Descent? Was it because it was based on a really good book? <laughs> no, it wasn't. As far as I'm aware, it's not based on a book. But I honestly don't remember why I picked this. Um, we have a pretty extensive to be watched list in a Google spreadsheet. Um, this has been on that list forever. We've spoken about this film a million times and I felt like maybe it was just time to watch it, I guess. So no real reason not connecting with any other movie that we have been watching or anything? So we picked these movies weeks in advance and I remember picking this after we watched 12 Monkeys. For the life of me, I can't imagine why 12 Monkeys would have made me think about The Descent. So we're just going to say this was a random pick. I don't know. No, that's fair. Uh, This was a pick, I guess, that I had to summarize it. Uh, I watched this a couple of times, so I'm not going to be like spending too much time summarizing it. Well, there's not much to the story, so... Correct. I didn't want to say that, but um, the story opens with a group of uh, very, I'm going to say like preppy, but I mean like... A pit and active women, you know, like straight away from an under armor commercial, and they are by just going down some some the some rapids, while the husband and the daughter of one of them are like just seen from away. About like, oh my god, they're having such fun. Uh, then it cuts into what is the name of the girl? It's not. It's Alex. Uh, the main girl. Sarah. 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 Yeah. yeah. Sarah's, uh, that is like the, uh, the wife and the mother for these two other individuals that we see, they go away in a car, they have an accident, and they die. Die like that. In pale. Everyone but Sarah in that car. They die in pole by some tubes, some metallic tubes. Like very, not graphic, but it doesn't leave like too much to the imagination of all like, what happened there. Um, she goes to the hospital and then she goes into a coma and she recovers like some time later. One of her friends, Beth, I think that she's waiting. Becca. Oh, it's Becca. The one that is there. Okay. Becca or Beth? I thought it was Becca, but let me check. I can be... No, you're right. It's Beth. Yeah. Becca was the, the older sister to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a Uh Beth, Juno, and Sarah, they look like they are like pretty close to each other. Uh, and Beth is there when she actually when Sarah wakes up and she tells him that they died. So fast forward, the story jumps like there is like a year or nine months. Yep, one year. 
what year um they're going to uh they're in the states i don't know north carolina i think appalachia i don't the think it's state but it's like backwoods america backwoods america we don't see any americans that didn't have a budget for hiring americans so <laughs> these are like just their degrees in uh in american freedom soil uh so Lots they decide it was filmed almost exclusively in britain and scot scotland and so the the trees you see aren't in appalachia just i didn't know that but i feel like i'd be surprised about like that it looks a bit more like pacific northwest not yeah. like north carolina or appalachia um in any case they are supposed to be in the states they are like meeting up like some friends like the three main characters and the other three like a a student, I saw like a medical student, like a doctor student. Uh, one girl that she's supposed to be like the best climber in the world, almost. I don't know what is like the background. And then another one that is like the protege of Juno. I think that is Juno's protege. Or no, Holly's protege. So there's like the inner circle that's Sarah Beth and Juno. And then yeah. there's clearly a little bit wider circle of a few friends that. We're always there for each other, but not super close. And then a brand new girl. Yeah, and they they meet up, you know, like for doing this kind of adventurous stuff. Uh, and they're like doing these just for cheering her up, supposedly. And they're going to be like going descending into a cave, into a system, a cave system that is supposed to be. It's not called like the Borodom Caves, but they make like several things. Well, oh my God, there is a book about it. So you're going to be exit through the gift shop. Uh, but you know that is a super active and super Tom Ryder wannabe. She actually changes plans and they take them to a unexplored, uncharted uh, system because they see what doesn't tell them. Or she doesn't, and they are like, "Oh my God, it's a level two, but we have the same like I don't know, like for two minutes." They don't. I mean, they're a bit dumb to be honest, because they should have like just like expected from the beginning of all this. So this is supposed to be like the simpler kind of cave that you can go to and there is nothing, there is no signalization, there is no signals or anything. But you know, they just go, they just roll with it. And uh, stuff happens, like I say, they lose some of the, uh, on the equipment that they have. And then suddenly, also, I just want to call out that several of them are like super nerds about their adventure, and they studied the the tour guide and the books, and they're like, "This cave doesn't sound anything, or doesn't look anything like the one I read about." Yeah. <laughs> just going down the drain and you see there's some kind of humanoid creature that it looks 
like humans, but they are monsters at the same time. They see like ton of uh, skeletons of animals that they have been killed and just dragged well, the first down underground. Well, is the only one who sees them, and everyone's and like, you're just in mourning, your brain is making things up. <laughs> So, I actually have a, a quote about this movie that I'm going to be like keeping for posterity. That is, like, when something bad happens to you, I'm going to say, like, don't worry, the worst that could happen to you has already happened. So, everything's going that to be fine. A... And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit more. He's like, look, you read the script and you're like just making jokes right now. Your uh, it doesn't matter that you're stuck under, you know, tons and tons of rock. No big deal. It's not going to be worse than just having like your husband and your and your daughter like just being involved by a tube of metal. Uh, but uh, when they see it, they disregard it. They're about like, oh no, you're hallucinating. You were not ready for doing this. Uh, but no, there is actually like some monsters. They start like killing, picking them apart one after another. It's like one of them like just falls in one of the most stupid uh, scenes that I ever seen in my life. About like, don't run, don't run. It's like and she just runs away and just she falls through a hole because there is always a hole around the corner in this movie but what you forgot is that as they're preparing to go into the cave the med student lists out all of the the symptoms you can get from being <laughs> hysteria panic so hallucinations we, so we That's understand oh she just she panicked and she ran yeah, I love. I was I was watching this with my boyfriend, and I was telling him, he's like, I don't know if he's giving that explanation to the rest of the crew that they already know about this, or she's actually just telling us what is going to happen in the movie. And he was exactly telling us what was going to happen in the movie. Uh, let me just finish. Uh, then the movie, at some point, when they're only like two survivors, spoiler alert, this is like 15, 17 years old, it's almost like old enough to drink in many, many countries around the world. Uh, yeah, I see the, it turns into a Tomb Raider action movie where Juno and Sarah, they start like just killing the monsters like without blinking. Um, so I just want to call out that there, there's a backstory to the monsters. They're humans that got stuck in the cave and then devolved. I just want to call that. It's not like there's like snakes or something. It's I so desperately want to defend this film and I can't. <laughs> um, honestly, dude, is that this the third or the fourth time that I watch it? And it's like, I think that the more they watch this movie, the least I like it. The less I like it. I So I'm just going to say, this, I genuinely feel this is a solid jump scare horror film. Let me let me ask you something because this was something that I actually spent a while like. Do you think do you think that the background adds anything to the movie? The background of what? The background for uh, Sarah about like the suffering that she's having. Um. Well, I think obviously it's very important to this. And we're just gonna give spoilers here. Nobody saw this film and it's 17 years old. Um, so when she breaks Juno's leg at the end to escape, obviously that was very important. Um, I do think that it set things up because as ridiculous as this sounds, the descent is metaphorical for her having to descend into the depths of <clears throat> betrayal, human emotions, loss, and that's what we're supposed to experience is Sarah's journey through this. So yes, it sets it up. 
And also, the most powerful and effective scene, in my opinion, in this film is that opening scene where the husband and the kid dies. Yeah, that's the most scary part of all of it. But, albeit I see the metaphorical aspect that you described, do you think there is a seed in just using that descent as a way of descending into the madness that is like just losing your loving ones and not being too grieved properly? Because, holy shit! After a year about like just the most traumatic event that anyone can have going into the semi arcade, it's insane. So 2005 Blake says, yes, yes, this is a great film. <laughs> 2022 Blake is like, this is kind of not very good. <laughs> no, and the thing is, I, I had the feeling that when it was released in 2005, most of the horror movies were like just face value. Is that everyone that was on the screen was like just an archetype to get killed. Or maybe survive, you know. So it was about like just making bets around them. But if you even think this 2005, Gavin in the Woods is 2011, and they actually play with that quite a bit. Yeah, I think in terms of being a product of its age, it had a lot of things going for it. For one, it was a very, very cheap indie film. Two, in 2005, there were not that many all female casts, yeah. let alone horror films. Um, but does it stand the test of time? Absolutely not. I could have written the script better. Some of the one-liners are just like, oh dear God. I love that they made that the reference about like Tomb Raider, and it's like, dude, this is the Bobby in the Tomb Raider movie. And what you were saying about like the uh, the creatures are more than what they look is like true. But the movie doesn't give a shit about it. What they care about is about like, just seeing women in tight clothes fighting the monsters. I'm not saying that they are over-sexualized. I don't not. think that they're really not. They're really not, but they are all like really pretty and really way insane. That's true. And Holly was the fucking the biggest bold dyke I've ever seen. And they don't even address it. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> about this <laughs> uh, uh, um, honestly I, no, just... I really 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 wanted there to be more to this film but no it's not it's entertaining as fuck I'll say that is it a good film no <laughs> I, I honestly I see your point but at the same time I could say it takes a really long time until something happens. And I will say that, like, I'm very pretentious about music today as 38-year-old Blake. Um, but shitty music that I liked as a kid gets grandfathered in. So do I listen to Spice Girls occasionally? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm worried I... that my love of this film from when I was 20 and I saw this, I'm like... Can I objectively judge this film? Because what I saw yesterday, no. <laughs> the first time that I was this movie probably was like 34 or 35. I was I was oh, watching it with I've known you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was after I I met you because I was watching it with my ex, and we both liked it. We felt it's like oh, you know. It's good that they're trying to develop like the, the characters. Now, I had to say that that first opening scene where they're on the rapids and they push Juno off the boat, and then you are supposed to infer that there is an affair, it has the same subtlety than just throwing a stone to someone's eyes. And I don't know if you paid attention to, until they go into the cave, there's this absurd amount of girl laughter 
where they're just giggling all the time, like for no reason. They're just like, "Look, we're having a good time as girlfriends." And they're like, like no, they're no. just missing, they're just missing drinking rosé all the time. You know, even when they're going down, even in the in the cave, they should be like just wearing like caps and rosé with them because he felt like, "Look, <laughs> this is a guy that wrote this." It's like they can be adventurous and not being like this stereotypical. There's a scene so. When they descend into the cave, it's like a giant well. They have to drop down 200, 300 feet, and then they have to squeeze through this tiny little opening in the floor there. Yeah. But in the first descent where they go down to the bottom, there's this scene where Juno just spreads her arms out and stands under this water that's dripping and she I don't think she spins, but she should have been spinning and you I, I had the feeling, sorry, I think that is a, maybe this movie, if you watch it in 2005, all of these things haven't become like worldwide stereotypes. But so it's maybe a, it was like new and fresh. Ahead of its time. <laughs> ahead of the basic white beach stereotype. The other thing is that they could be like just wearing Axe. The body spray? No, Axe. Oops. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or where if he's not rosé, like packing spice lattes. I have to say that I I just recently saw um, I don't know if it's The Fall or Fall. It's a movie that's in theaters right now about two girls that climb to the top of a tower and they get stuck. The two films are remarkably similar in terms of plot. <laughs> like they get into this dangerous spot and then they find out one of the friends is <clears throat> husband and. And I was like, oh God, these tropes just keep going and going and going. The thing is, you know, what is the Belcher test? Is that the one where they're like, do are two women on screen and do they discuss anything that isn't men? Yeah, and it's true. It's like in this case, they don't describe men or they don't talk too much about men, but it's still like the core conflict at the core of this movie is about a man, it's about someone was unfaithful with someone else of the group. And it feels like, dude, there can be more. If you want to make like development of the characters, do it for good, because I don't give a shit about any of the characters. Even like the main woman, like Sarah, I, I didn't get like too much invested in her on this time. I knew where this was going. That is like, you're going to be like, turning into a psychopath Tomb Raider, but... She's the only one that had any sort of character development at all, and it's not that interesting besides that traumatic scene. For me, it's it's fairly compelling. Um, they don't bother with anybody else besides they mention that Holly does base jumping, and one of them is a med student, which is clearly just meant to be she's going to be the doctor of the movie when people get hurt. Also, because she's studying medicine and they kill one of the crawlers, the, the monsters are called crawlers. They're like, tell yeah. us about it. Like, well, they've perfectly evolved to live down here and they clearly hunt using sound. And you're like, did they teach you that in second year med school? Is that like part of your expertise? Is like, does, the, does the screenplay writer actually know the differentiation between like medicine and veterinary? I, oh God, I'm yeah. so, I'm so sad because I remember this film being good it's not but honestly i'm not disagreeing with you is that this is the third or the fourth time that i watched it i was fine with watching it when you even suggested it i was like, curious about like to see how it is because it had been like at least four years is the last time that i watched it 
it didn't age well. I already brought my score. Don't check it out. I'm so yeah. curious. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, should we go for the questions, or is there anything that we can to pull apart from this movie? No, I mean, I'll just say one more time. I still feel like this is entertaining, especially if you haven't seen it yet. Like, this will be a fun 90-minute horror film to watch with friends. It will. So, my boyfriend had never watched it before, and I think that this is a product of his time. So, because he was saying that, so what was the point of that? Uh, so, how old is your boyfriend? I just want to understand how old he was in 2005. I don't know like talking about like how old my boyfriend is. I'm sorry. Okay, but, but he's, he's younger than me. Younger than us. Yeah. So I'm just saying, in 2005 when this came out, I was 20. So that's a fairly like important time of my life where I was. Oh, wait, but what I'm saying is like he didn't watch it at that time you know he's watching it now and he's trying to just connect from the perspective that hey this is horror you actually spent like 40 minutes or 50 minutes or 50 minutes like just building up towards this horror how is this paying off how is this important how is this actually just meaningful to the story that i'm seeing is that oh it's not it's only for the justifying that spoiler alert one of them stabs someone else somebody I, I can see where he's coming from. I don't feel like that's a valid argument because... Um, oh, that was my argument. It was not his. He, was, he didn't actually just come to the conclusion. Because like, if we watch The Conjuring, it's a scary movie. There's no point. There doesn't have to be a point to horror film. It's true. There is no point and there is no character development, but it doesn't try to make character development. Yeah, it doesn't even try. It doesn't attempt. It does it, but it's that the thing it actually does set up like good ambience to the movie. And the scares actually work. But it's not because of the characters. It's because of how well made those scares are. I will say that I do find it very effective that the crawlers that are basically look like slightly deformed humans with no melatonin because they've been in a cave forever. Whenever the crawlers are on the screen, they play the film itself at one and a half times speed so they move in this very like supernatural like it's very cool oh, yeah yeah and i still feel like that was a very effective like oh there's something creepy about this that's you know one. you know <laughs> you know when you know is left behind and she's facing like five or six of them and they're like showing up and it's like very poor cgi Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the points that I said is say, yeah, your special effects are based on just playing that trick. Because when you have to just display them at the same time with the humans, these rigs. I, so I did a lot of research into this film when it came out because I liked it so much. And apparently it was filmed on absolutely no budget. And so yeah. all of the caves are one set and they just constantly move the pieces. <laughs> So there's a scene where they kind of have to go underwater through a, a hole in the in the rock. That's just a bathtub that they're like squeezing under beneath the set. So I do want to call out with no budget what they're able to achieve is is fairly impressive in terms of setting because you do feel like they're in caves. I'm uh, just desperately uh, trying to find <laughs> Dude, I don't agree with that. It's like it's super obvious that they're in a set. Like extremely <laughs> obvious. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, just think about like the horizontality that they actually display in many of those scenes when they're open. It's like it's super open, 
and then it just come to another scene when they just take the camera and they just put it against a wall, like pretty close by. For the Let scene me like ask the a nervous. specific example. So at some point they have to cross a, a chasm where they have to like climb across the roof to get to the next hole. I remember I... that they, they tried to cross it a second time and it's the same chasm. And they also like, someone falls through a hole and then there is another hole that it looks exactly the same. And you don't feel like that was, I felt like that was realistic. I respect if you don't feel it was, but I was like, this looks like a cave. God damn it. Let me just tell you, it was, memory. It, it was more realistic in the cube. Okay. Let's just go over the questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, would you watch it again? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Honestly, oh. this was like the third time that I watched it, and I feel like every single time that I watch it, I get less enjoyment watching it. So it's not that the next time it's going to be like terrible. I can still watch it if it's playing somewhere, but I'm not going to be like going out of my way to watch it one more time. I do think it's important to mention, and we haven't mentioned it yet, the film has two endings. The ending they released the film with in America and the film uh, the ending they released in the UK. The American one is total shit, um, but allowed for part two to be released. The UK one is, is fairly, it's more effective. Um, it doesn't make the film great, but it's better. I mean, I would say that actually the difference is like a, the US version just cut short the UK one. The UK one lasts like 30 more seconds and it just ends up being a bit more of a dreamy, not so happy ending. Yeah, the American one is definitely the, oh, there's some sort of silver lining. And true, but it also ends up with the kind of carry you know, like carry how it ends like with the hand like coming out of the grave. Is that these super gratuitous? Is that when she actually says you know is like, what is the point of this? Why did you do that? Is it like, without like waking up afterwards if he's like it's stupid. And we're waking up if he's like hey, you want to give me a happy ending. Yep, agreed. Uh would you recommend it? Yes. <laughs> no. To whom and under what circumstances? Hey, I want a, a light-hearted, female-led horror film from the early 2000s. <laughs> Boy, do I have the film for you. <laughs> I have one film and you're going to maybe like it. <laughs> Uh, I I go with no. Honestly, I if someone asks me about like a horror film that is more than what it looks like, I'm going to fucking make you watch Cabin in the Woods soon. See, we, uh, yeah, when we discussed that, I you know how I feel about that movie. I would watch The Descent over that any day. All right, uh, it doesn't matter. You have no taste, but uh, okay, let's move on. Would you remember it? Yep, the, the only thing I forgot was one particular scene. Um, I mean, we can just spoil it. Juno is killing a bunch of crawlers and she gets spooked by her friend silently sneaking up behind her. And so Juno attacks her. It's like, come on, this is on you, Beth. You can't just <laughs> silently to someone on a killing rampage. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's Maybe... the only thing I forgot. Overall, I remembered everything else. 
yeah, no, I remember the part. I remember like how there is like this shift, but it's like I that I seen when I saw it. It was like yeah, it was even more done than I remember. And the only purpose is for Sarah to find out Juno's evil before she knows Juno's evil. But Juno is not evil. Well, she was fucking Sarah's husband. Yeah, but that's independent from killing Beth. And Juno left Beth alone and lied about it to all the friends saying, oh, they got Beth. You saw her well, die? Yeah. I saw she her die. Thought, she thought, but is that, I just think that it's survival, honestly, at that point. I'm sorry, but if you got mortally wounded in a cave, I would not just leave you and then lie to John. Okay, we are not talking. We are not talking about like just like randomly getting, you know, like just damage, you know, like hurt in a, in a cave. We're talking about like there are fucking creatures that they're like hunting you down and you don't want to stay there because they're going to go after you. I'm just saying I would bash your head in with a rock if you asked me to. I wouldn't leave you. <laughs> Thank you. You're a real high uh, gay bro. You're a real gay bro. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? Yes. <laughs> no, no, this is a mediocre movie at best. That's all I can say. I'm trying to think about like what, you know, like, I, I really want to give it like saving grace, but honestly, even like those, that sequence, you know, the one with the birthday that we see the birthday cake, I just feel it's like, these yeah. are artistic. They tried, they got close. Yeah. I will say that the score was basically identical to Shame. <laughs> to like, Shame? To Shame, the Michael Fassbender yeah, yeah. film. It feels like, like, go watch the opening credits. It sounds exactly like the opening credits to Shame. In fact, I had to look it up. Is this the same composer? It's not. It's not? Wow. Okay. No, I will check it out. Um, but no, from my perspective, I don't think that is anything artistic. It's like, yeah. I will. What I would say is that this is a movie made with a very, very limited budget, and it shows. But, but they did well with their limited budget. They did budget. well. They did well with the limited budget. But it's not something that just makes me think that they did more than what they could. If I actually watch Moon, did you watch Moon? I did. And it's I actually thought about it as well with uh, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Um, Kevin Spacey as the voice of the robot is that I felt like that movie was extremely limited budget and it was better made. It was like just like, hey, you have done more with this limited budget than the That's true. Yeah. Uh, and it's a space sci-fi that is like way more expensive in theory than this. Uh, oh my god, I fucking hated the camera work in this movie. Can you call out something specifically? When uh, one of them is like just hanging from the wall, from the ceiling, is that the camera is like just turning for just giving like more intensity. It's almost like just like, I don't know, like filmmaking one-on-one about like, hey, what can you do with a camera for just like building more intensity or the stress? So <clears throat> that didn't particularly bother me. There were a few scenes, like the first time they, they figure out there really are crawlers there's this super superhero scene where they're all standing perfectly in the cave with their and i was like oh we didn't need that that being said that exact scene happened in the latest jurassic park film 
So it's like, it's not because that scene necessarily that it's bad. It's just kind of, this is what happens in action movies. Do you need to tell me that the last Jurassic World movie was fucking garbage? It was bad, but think about any Marvel movie. They have that exact same stupid fucking scene. Do we ever record about those movies? You have gone to Marvel movies in theaters multiple times, so... I have, but I never, I would never defend any of them as being good. Oh, interesting. I thought you liked them. Oh, no, it's a guilty pleasure. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's a fucking guilty pleasure, like the ones that I've watched, too, that I go to the cinema, too. And before with my ears, I felt like a bit forced towards them. And nowadays, it's a bit more of a, if I go towards them, it's on me. It's completely on me. And I realized that these are pretty bad. When Scorsese, I think it was Scorsese, the one that said is that Marvel is killing cinema with these movies. I don't disagree completely with that. What did he say? He said they're not movies, they are um, theme parks. Yeah, they're like just formulas. Is that yep. they know like the kind of roller coaster, the roller coaster that people want and they just My go with it. Some Marvel fans, so. Yeah, so. he's feeling like really offended right now. If he's like a Black Widow kind of fan or a bit more of a Doctor Strange. Did you even see the new Thor film? It was amazing. I didn't watch it. I want it because I, the previous one, I really like it from Taika Waititi. This one, it looks like he's not so good. Maybe it's because he has Natalie Portman in the game. I wanted to see it because it was a comedy. It's like, oh, they're not taking themselves so seriously. But then my husband was like, no. So, but I thought like he liked it, like in like Marvel movies. He did it up until maybe four years ago, and then he's like, I'm done. So, yeah. Okay. yeah, they're the same, honestly. It's like even if they're like different directors, they never want to play with the formula. It's that they found something that is going to sell. Let's not say it. Uh, is it a timeless piece? Yes. What we saw in this 2005 film is basically the same as 2022 and will be the same in 2050. There's nothing tying it to a specific time. The themes it tries to explore, loss, betrayal, girl friendship. Come on. There's nothing. It's not like, let's go back to The Lost Boys. That's so <laughs> Like, there's okay, nothing okay. this. This because it's story. only okay the lost boys is only about displaying the 80s is that that's the only purpose of that movie now what i would say with this movie is that if we think about like, the enjoyment that we got the first time that we watched it and now like 10 years later is that we realize about like how feeble the foundation of this movie is yes and this question has always been a little squishy in terms of what it means i it, and the way i understand it i would still say this is timeless but yes the first time we saw it was way more enjoyable than these I've well seen, um, like, yeah you were saying like we way before it, but it's like i remember like talking about these like the first time that i watched it and i feel like surprised i told you hey i watched this horror movie and it, it was good i don't matter what is the name is that oh it's the same i love the scent. And this was like probably 2013, 2014. I mean, so I did the great DVD purge, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, and I, I got rid of like 200 of them. I kept the descent. <laughs> that was one of the ones I felt like, yeah, I'm gonna wanna rewatch this. <laughs> I'm going to be with no for a timeless piece. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that the topics are not timeless, is that there is something that it just makes me feel that this was very of a 
like being in the right place in the right time. And now well, you may be in the right place, but this definitely was not the right place. And I, I can't remember if I said it on this recording, but this really was the best thing I saw at Sundance in 2006. And it really was because it was a bad year. Like there wasn't much good. And I saw this at midnight. It's called Sundance at Midnight. And I was like, yeah. oh, fucking awesome, man. Uh, honestly, if it was 2005, I would still feel like, holy shit, this was good. Because in 2005, just think about like what you have. A screen 3, like the high, the pinnacle of horror. Kill Bill Volume 2. That's not horror, dude. <laughs> That's not even close. Uh, would you turn this into a TV show? Uh, the answer is no, but I did find myself curious about, so the, the girls, the women, they find climbing gear that's a hundred years old. And I was like, I want to hear about, you know, the pioneers that came into this cave a hundred years ago. Tell me about them. <laughs> but no, no, I would not turn this into a TV show. Yeah, I wouldn't turn it either. This has been, it was 90 minutes. I think, I think that is like the runtime was good. Yeah, it shouldn't have been any longer. In fact, there were a few scenes that I was like, it's not too long, but the scene could have been shorter. Yep. Um, could this have been a short? Yeah. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, leading up to going into the cave and then tons of the cave stuff. Yes, this could have yep. been. It would need to be like 15, 20 minutes, but yes, it could be a short. Well, we think that a short, according to the classic definition, is below one hour. Okay, yeah, so it could definitely be short. This could have definitely be shorter than an hour. Um, do you think this movie could have been better? And why? Um, so the thing that stands out to me is the dialogue. <laughs> like some of these one-liners, man, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, there and there were just like consistency issues like they were supposed to be adrenaline junkies always doing crazy shit but then they were studying about what it means to cave and the risks and it, it's yeah. just so much of it was like this doesn't make sense so i'm just gonna call it the script writing yeah i i agree with you i've seen the you actually in the head is a bit more for me it would be a bit more about like hey develop all the characters or don't develop anyone and if you're going to be developing any of the characters develop them properly give me a bit more about like why sarah actually misses her husband what was special about him we need a little bit more information about what happened with juno and the husband because don't you feel like actually when the husband is like just drying her up is like oh my god you are wet after going down the rapids. Let me just try you. That's not like a no background for you? No, it's not. Like, I want to know more. Like, I'm sure Juno regretted it. You never, like, are happy about hurting a friend. And maybe she really loved the guy. There's just, there's gray area there. There's something to make Juno more interesting than just the evil bitch. No, going back to the one-liners that I find amazingly terrible in this movie, I would say like one that Juno gives that is like we all lost something on that car cross. Foreshadowing. Yep. So honestly, the characters oh, are what? That's another thing that it shares with the fall is that one of the girls. At the fall. Top of the that if that is shares with fall, not with the fall. 
yeah, with Fall, is that um, the husband that died, he couldn't say I love you. So he would always say one, three, four for I love, or one, four, three, I love you. And then at the top of the tower, one of the other girl has to take off her shoe and she has a tattoo that says one, four, three. And that's how she finds out she was cheating, which is the same ridiculous plot device they use in this stupid film. With with dependence. Say the stupid saying every day. And then Juno had that saying on her necklace. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it's bad. The screenplay is bad. Let's just leave it there. Uh, okay, man. So these are all the questions. I'm going to be asking you like pretty quickly about a question about a movie, if you remember it. Uh, and then we're going to be like scoring, but I really need to have dinner. Um, so what did you remember about Volver? About what? Volver. The Almodovar movie. We watched this recently. No, no, no. Not too long ago. Holy God. And you watched it like twice. This was not the first time that you watched it. It was not. I saw it in theaters and then I saw it within the last, what, six months, maybe four months. Penelope Cruz's mom pretends to be dead and Penelope Cruz thinks she's a spirit and then she sees her mom and she's like, I thought you were dead. That's all I got. <laughs> so you don't remember that Penelope Cruz's husband is abusive and she actually kills him accidentally and she actually stacks him, stacks him in a fridge in a restaurant that she actually just takes over. Oh, that's right, because she's get, she's like starting a catering business while the owner of the restaurant is out of town. She's like, can I use your facilities? And she kills him, puts him in the storage. But no, that's just a film I don't like and I never wanted to remember. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> it's so I'm amazing. I you like give it an eight. <laughs> I had the feeling that you had the feeling that you don't like it. But then when you watch it, you do appreciate it. I think you're probably right. But in terms of like, will you remember this film? Clearly the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, let me just check. Would uh, you remember it? Or you say yes? I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you lied to my face, dude. Um, should we actually uh, score in the sense? Yes. This was your pick, so I'm going to be like scoring it first. It hurts me because it hurts like the Jose from uh, almost 10 years ago when I watched it the first time. But I'm going to go with a 5.5. Oh, I'm going to give it a 6. Okay. I mean, this is just slightly better than an average film. And probably that extra point is because I remember it being good, but I, it's still enjoyable for me to watch. Uh, was it enjoyable for me to watch? I mean, I didn't suffer while I was watching it. The only thing that I suffered it was a bit more of my judgmental side, just looking at my old self and just thinking, what the fuck were you thinking for thinking that this was a good movie? There's no yeah, I had it. the same experience. I was like, this can't be this not good. <laughs> It was, it was not good. Yeah, it, it wasn't what we remember. It wasn't like this kind of deep, 
emotional human horror film is it no no especially when they push you know off the raft and then the husband you know just trying her then dude there is nothing fucking subtle about this movie is that the only thing that differentiates you from the horror movies so of 2005 is like so on your face that it feels a parody yeah i need to go back and look at its contemporaries maybe it's better than them but i can't imagine but just think, well, just think for a second it's like horror in the last 10 years has been elevated before we used to say it's like this has been good for a horror movie and that would mean it's like it's a so good movie but for a horror movie it has been enjoyable i was scared it was a roller coaster i had a blast but it was not a good movie from the standards of what a movie is now when we think about like horror movies we have a stuff like hereditary that i still think that is not perfect that is far from perfect but it actually give us background in all of the characters and actually just like follows them there is a character development and there is like emotional connection with the characters in yep. here i don't fucking care about any of them agreed so it's a bit more that's the reason what i was like this is timely because it was better than the average like horror movie back then but it was not good i can see that yeah. uh so as this was your unfortunate pick <laughs> Uh, my pick next is that I, before we started recording, we watched a movie called Mimosas. Uh, that it was from a Galician director from my home area called, crap, I don't find it now, sorry. Oliver Lasse, Oliver Lasse. He's from my home area. I think that he's even from Orense, from my hometown. Uh, not, not from the city, but from the region. Uh, so he actually directed the last movie that he directed is called fire will come and it's actually on amazon prime so i think that is like a perfect opportunity for us to just watch it awesome i watched the, the trailer recently and it looked really good yeah at least the landscape is going to be gorgeous because it's from my home area it's not that it's going to be like gorgeous because i'm from there is because it's a fucking gorgeous uh what is the name of the director again uh, Oliver Lasse. Lasse. Okay. Lasse. L-A-X-E. All right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And I think that he has a wrong... Yeah. They won an uncertain regard in Cannes in 2018 before Lamb was out. <laughs> now that's a good horror film. <laughs> oh, A24. <laughs> dying a fire. Oh, man. Anything else to say about The Descent? nothing just this makes me sad <laughs> <laughs> me too dude is like, it doesn't it doesn't give me happiness to just talk so ill from this movie uh but yeah to everyone listening to us thank you so much for putting out with us anything else wash your hands okay bye <laughs>